SolarWind Media presents Ron Schaefer's podcast. Part 2. Attack of the Giant Testicles. It all began on the very last days of the open-air bomb tests. Those mushroom cloud moments they kept filming for documentary series in the following decade. The United States had declared war on Nevada to keep the world safe. So the Pentagon came up with a plan to bomb the high desert back into the Stone Age. A strange theory considering Nevada was still in the Stone Age. True, there was Las Vegas and Reno, but they don't count. They're both from another time and another planet. The rest of Nevada is just like the moon, only charming. This was all done in preparation to bomb the Soviet Union back into the Stone Age, should they ever decide to bomb us back into the Stone Age. All in all, there was a lot of nostalgia for the Stone Age way back then. And they would develop and use the latest and most sophisticated technology available at the time to accomplish this feat of putting everybody back into caveman status. There was something comforting in knowing you could completely erase civilization in a swipe so that those who remained alive could restart the 10,000 year process of achieving another Cold War to once again bomb each other back to the start the Stone Age. It made it all seem so important. So the brains who put all this together would let an army stand outside and watch the booms for reasons of why blow up a piece of nowhere unless there's somebody around to applaud. Isn't that the basic idea of fireworks? A hydrogen bomb is the best firecracker ever invented. It has so many beautiful shapes and colors. And it makes us so proud to be Americans, to know we have the capability to set half a continental desert on fire. That's technological muscle, my friend. His name was Private Richard Head, or Dick, as everyone called him. He was a simple grunt in the service, the backbone of the military, as they usually referred to, to the worker bees they ignore. He was all of 20 and had just gotten over his pimples. He had the intelligence of cabbage, but was a nice, amiable sort of lout. He was six foot two inches, plain and humble looking, and was easily mistaken for a waste paper basket. It was his turn to ride out into the middle of the desert to watch the government spend several million dollars blowing up a chunk of it. He was riding in a truck with the other pawns of his platoon on an early warm summer morning. Ordered out of the trucks, his company dug itself into the trenches at Observation Site 6. They were given protective goggles and earplugs and hunkered down in the dust an unhealthy distance from the bomb site. Waiting patiently as the sun hung on the edge of the horizon, Dick talked with the others about girls, something he really hadn't experienced. His sergeant came by and told him to shut up. He pulled out a picture of some movie star whose name he couldn't remember. He stared at it for a while, wondering what a date with her would be like. The sergeant passed back the other way, this time yelling at him to put his goggles back on and stop mooning over some starlet. He put the picture back in his pocket as he put the goggles back on. It was near zero hour, something important people signify when they are about to do something important 
when he saw a stray dog wander some distance in front of them. The army had decided to cage or tie up all sorts of animals within the distance of the blast to see how they would die in an explosion. Said dog had somehow gotten itself loose and was busy sniffing the desert to see if there was any interesting shit in the dry plain. Private Head had an interest in dogs and was thinking of becoming a dog trainer. Who knew that was a paying gig back then, when he left the army? And so, being cabbage-brained, he dashed out to save the poor defenseless animal. His friends called to him and a sergeant ordered him back, but Dick would save his dog. The countdown had started, but Dick was having trouble getting the dog to come to him. The entire company was shouting at him, but he just waved them off. He actually didn't know at the time what they were out there for. He had been told they were to witness an event. He didn't know it was a big boom, nor did he know it sprayed radiation. He was more concerned that the dog didn't get hurt. Finally, he got a hold of it, but it was too late. Zero hour. Dick got a hold of the broken leash, and the atomic genie was let out of its fissionable bottle. It went boom. A blinding flash of light spread immediately throughout the plain, followed soon after by a violent, searing, choking hot windstorm. As the scientists predicted, animals do blow up well when they're in the path of a bomb, and the dog was no different. Dick, however, was different. He blew up as well, but didn't evaporate. Separated into 150 pieces, the remains of most burned up immediately. Only a few parts were spared. Once the site was cleared, soldiers with various gadgets and detectors combed the desert, checking for results on a good blow-up, as well as looking for whatever was left of Private Head. They found him too, all that was left, that is, and all they found of the private were the private's privates, not quite burned to a crisp, maybe even still alive. They glowed an unusual purple, so they put his leftovers in a jar, stuck him in a freezer, and left him there for 25 years, right next to Hitler's brain, which somebody had acquired through the black market. This has been SolarWind Media Presents Ron Schaefer's Podcast. Find us at solarwindmedia.com.